It's Driving Change from ATI. I'm Jeff Berman. It took him almost two decades, but shop owner Bud Wildman finally transitioned from mechanic to the CEO of his company. Today on the program, he tells us how he did it. This podcast was created to improve our members' experience and further assist with their growth. My hope is that you'll find the stories you hear from fellow shop owners relatable to where you are, where you were, or where you want to be, ultimately inspiring you to take that next necessary step. You'll be hearing how others fought the same fight and what they did to get through it and come out better on the other side. Tune in each week for another inspiring story to drive change in your shop. The idea for this podcast came during a conversation I had with one of the ATI members I coach. He had agreed to spend the day with me and I was recording our conversations to refer back to at a later date. What I didn't realize is how valuable this information would be for other members to hear. This is where the podcast was born. This first recording is an excerpt from that session and because I was not intending on creating a podcast at that time, the audio is a bit rough. I decided to run with it anyway because of how powerful his message is. The quality of the sound moving forward, I promise, will be much better. Today on the program, I'll be speaking with my friend Bud Wildman. In 1974, Bud got his start the same way most of you did, as an ASE certified master mechanic. After an unfortunate series of events with his father, in 1980, he had an entrepreneurial seizure and decided to leave his family and make a go of it on his own. He thought to himself, how hard could this possibly be? I'll open my own business and do it better than my dad. Making the transition from mechanic to business owner was not as easy as he thought. The next 15 years was hard work. He struggled to find good people. He worried how he would keep the bays full. How would he make the rent this month or pay the taxes this quarter? Every day was a battle just to survive. He worked 10 or more hours a day and never took a vacation because he wasn't comfortable leaving the shop unattended. Is this the life he signed up for? He often questioned his decision to open his own business. He wondered if it would ever get any better and if all that he had sacrificed was worth it. I'm happy to say that he finally did make that transition. And in my interview with him, he shared how he dealt with his struggle and ultimately overcame it. Let's take a listen. But you know what? It's like, it's like you said, you can't, you can't expect an employee to meet your expectations if you haven't trained them on how to do it, right? And then that turns into frustration because you know how you want it done, but you haven't really explained to them how you want it done or what you expect of them to get it done. So then you see them doing things that is not the way you want to have it done. So then frustration sets in and you start getting mad. Well, that's not the way they should do that. Well, they're not doing that the way we want to do it because we haven't shown them how to do it. So why do you think that so many shop owners don't spend the time to train properly? Why, why, if, if what you're saying is true, that how can you expect me to do something if you haven't shown me how to do it? And then it turns into frustration because your vision of what he's supposed to do and his vision of what he's supposed to do are light years apart. Right. Why do you think that happens? Because logically, everyone understands that. Well, why is it that people don't train? 
Yeah, it's a good question. Um, maybe they don't see the value in it. They should see the value in it because they won't. They, you know, it's, where are you if if you haven't trained the employee first from the beginning? They now know what your expectations are. They know how you want things done. They know how to do the things the way you've trained them to do it. So now, a month down the road, and you see them doing something wrong, it's a matter of, do we need to retrain you on that process? Because clearly, you're not doing it correctly. Mm -hmm. So did we mess up your... Or is there a flaw in the process, possibly? Or is there a flaw in the process, right. which we then need to, to correct. But, um, you know, it's true. A lot of shops, they, they hire a technician, and they, they there's your spot. You can put your toolbox over there. This is, this is your lift. You're going to work right there. Uh, See you later. Well, is there anything about that that you resemble from years past? I mean, do you, do you look at yourself today and look at yourself... Your twenty year ago shop owner self and said to yourself, Yeah, that was me. That was me. So what changed? Um, learning how to be a better businessman. Well those fears that you had and those challenges that you had, those people that you say to me right now, right. you know, I, I spent a week and people are shocked by that. If 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 I told you twenty years ago that I spent a week doing an hour's worth of training, you would be that guy. It would be shocked. Probably. So what happened? Well, the fact that I'm now running the business, no, that's the best word to use, not steering the business, but I'm working on the business rather than working in the business. I have the opportunity to do these things and to train people correctly. So, so what changed there? I mean, you know, you didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm working on it. Something had to happen to get you there. Well, yeah, you, you, you advance and you grow in business so that you get to the point that you can work on the business and not in the business every day. And as soon as you get that, that chance to work on the business and not in the business, it continues to grow. It continues to get better because you have the opportunity to do these things. Do you remember the day you took your tools on? I'm curious. My tools are still there. Oh. And I tell you, I guess what, you don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to tell you, they're right at the front door. <laughs> you just haven't been able to push it through the, the threshold, right? Uh, how long have they been locked up, parked in that spot? Maybe yeah. that's a better question. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, from time to time, there's some things that, that I do to, you know, myself to do it, to do a car, I tweak this or tighten that or whatever it is, you know. It's because you want to take it. And Andy does too. So it's it's our toolbox. You know, he uses it, I use it. Um, it's in a place that's not taking up valuable space and it's close to the front door. So, you know, I guess I'm on my way out, but it, it's still there. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but anyway. So do you remember the day you locked it up and parked it and put it there? Do you remember that? Yeah. Was it a, a exciting day? Was it a scary day? How did you feel at that moment? I'm curious. Do you remember? Oh, I think that's both. You know, I think uh, it's an exciting day because you reach the point that you don't actually have to turn wrenches yourself. Um, it's a scary day. You're you're giving up. Um, you're giving up. Uh, you know, you're giving up. Uh, you're giving up control of. You know. The jobs, and that you know, you're relying on someone else to, to perform these tasks, but you have the ability then to make sure that they're performing these tasks 
the way you want them run because you have the time to oversee everything. So you're working on the business instead of in the business. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I, I, I'm thinking to myself that there had to be a part of you that while as exciting as it was to be moving off to this journey, this new journey, you had to be thinking to yourself to some degree, well, now what am I going to do with myself? Is that fair to say or not? No, because I was excited about being able to work on the business. You know, I had ideas that I'd never been able to implement um, that I was prevented from doing because when you're working in the business, oh, you're just in, you're just working in the business. You know, what I mean, it's impossible to to work on the business while you're a major part of working in the business. Okay, um, when Andy came on board. Um, and he really started to grow and he took on more and more responsibility and I could see that he had he had it you know that so there's the answer I was looking for I don't want to cut you off here but you just answered the question you said that you eventually worked towards working on the business but couldn't really give me a reason why the reason why is that you hired a good person to handle that kind that took that pressure off of you and allowed you to start moving in that direction. And when you saw that Andy had the helm, and that you saw that he took that responsibility the same way you would, that was what gave you the freedom to then say, you know what, I'm hanging this up. It's time for me to take a different role. It's time for me to become that entrepreneur that I've always wanted to be, which I think is the second thing that's a problem for most shop owners. Finding that right person to allow you to do that is hard enough. But now I gotta have a desire to want to take on this new role, and I, and that's why I asked you that question because I think a lot of these shop owners don't really feel like they're comfortable in making that transition, and they do actually say to themselves, "Well, now what? What, what am I gonna do with myself? If I don't have a wrench in my hand, I don't know what to do." So seeking out those those. Uh, reports to look at, or processes to write, or ads to go over, or interviews to have, or meetings to prepare for, agendas to put together, lunch to buy for the staff, uh, training, I mean, it goes on and on and on. It does. That I think for you maybe became a little bit more natural or intrinsic, whereas I think for most maybe that's a challenge. You know, thinking back on it, Jeff, everything kind of worked out. The timing of it all was just amazing because, um, you know, Andy come into the business and he was a service writer, um, and then you know we both had a common goal, and that was to continue to make the business grow. You know, we came up with our five-year plan of growth, and um, and we both were very focused on that. And and I could see that he had the reins of the office and he had everything under control. So then you came into my life. You know, it's been five, six years ago now, and seems like a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> and and so you you were you were that next step that okay, I'm stepping into running the business um, instead of being in a in the business every day. So you brought to light a whole lot of things that helped me with that, you know, measuring the business in so many different ways, for example, you know, um, and, all, and all the different ideas that you've come up with that we have worked on together um, to, to get there. So, I think that a person that 
maybe did, didn't have a good coach at that point in time would have a void um, and not really know where to go. I think we've talked a couple times about you know when you're in business and you're the owner of the business, you need somebody to kick you in the ass because you know it's easy to get comfortable. So, so you were that void for me at the perfect time because here I had the opportunity to step into that position and I never really had the time to say, oh shit, what, what do I do now? And I mean, I, I, I'm up here on top of the ship on the helm. Man, it's nice up here. I don't have to do a freaking thing. You know what I mean? But, you know, you, you then came into the scene at that point in time and, um, you know, worked my ass off. So, you, you know, pushed the shit out of me, which is why we're where we are. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And um, so I think that that was a big part of that whole transition period. Um, you know, and then once I started actually doing what you told me to do, you know, we started getting some pretty big results. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you to say, but you did all the work. Well, yeah. But and I, I think that you're right in terms of timing, but I still think there's a component there to where, you know, you could say, well, you know, if we had had all those discussions 10 years earlier, I may not have been listening. And while that's possible, I think it's not so much timing as it is your... When I say you, I mean anybody really, any client that I may coach, their desire to grasp the information and do something with it as opposed to that sounds too much like work, that doesn't that isn't comfortable for me, that isn't what I see myself doing. I I'm I'm no, I don't wanna do that. It's a it's a resistance. And I don't know that you ever resisted anything. I think that you saw that it was important and I think you felt like your business needed some leadership and I think you also realized that you know what like it or not that has to be my job and I think that is where a lot of clients fail they don't embrace that environment in which they need to embrace to get to this level you're right you're right you're absolutely right and and in addition to that um, you know Andy me and my son of course you know, having stepped into this position, doing such a great job, I'm very proud of him. And I wanted him to make a good living. So I saw that you know we need to take everything that you were teaching us, and we need to work hard at this because the more you taught us, the more that what you said was going to happen starts happening, and our gross sales start climbing and climbing, and we get into the maintenance, and our gross profit starts climbing and climbing. Everything's coming together, so, you know, my son makes a very good living now, and he, we're not where we're going to be, in, you know, in the next two years. We stay on our same track. Um, so I think it was a combination of all that stuff kind of came together at the same time to create the the, the push for me, um, the determination, um, and, and the drive, the goals that we've set. Um. So if I'm coaching a client that's working in their business, and they're fortunate enough to find someone who can run it well enough that they don't have to work in their business, but they, so they find more time, and they don't have the desire to do these things, they don't. They don't. Um, or I'm coaching a client that is not fortunate enough to find someone to help run day to day. So they're stuck, even if they do have the desire to do some of these things. They can't. They can't. So 
what, what I'm getting at is, is that if we were looking at this in a step-by-step -step process and we said, okay, what's the most important thing that has to happen first in order for me to exit the day-to-day -day routine? Mm -hmm. The first thing probably would be have a solid staff, hire the right people right, so that you can be in a position where they don't need you. Right. Would you say it's fair to say that your shop does not need you? They do not need you. Okay. You still work your ass off last week. And, but and you don't need to be there. I don't need to be there. That's why well, you're able to do this yeah. today. The best right. weeks they have when I'm not there. Yep. So that's a good thing. Then you take that and say, okay, step two would be that now that I have all this free time, what am I going to do with it? Do I want to embrace these changes? Am I going to become an entrepreneur and CEO? And I have to accept that. I have to want that. See, it's just like that new employee, right? If They might have the skills, and they might be smart enough, but if they don't have the desire, it ain't going to happen. No. It's the same thing with the client. Well, I think most of you would agree that was quite a story we just heard from Bud Wildman. And uh, I have to tell you all that we recorded this about three months ago, and Bud and I have had many conversations since that recording. And we both decided that it would be a good idea for us to close together. So I have a special uh, closing here today that you wouldn't expect too often, but I've invited Bud back to the podcast to help us close. So Bud, welcome back. Thank you, Jeff. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Well, it's really great to have you here, and, and I hope everybody enjoys this as much as I think they're going to. So when we were talking um, about some of the lessons that we learned from our own <coughs> recording, you had a really, really great story that you wanted to share, so please, go for it. So you're right. I've thought a lot about uh, that day that we sat and talked so much, and um, recently I was over here at ATI and, and had the pleasure <clears throat> of having lunch with uh, one of the new clients for ATI and owner's class. What are you class. doing here? Well, I came back for some more training. <laughs> you never stop training. You know, you gotta, you never stop learning. At this point, I wonder if you, you know, we're going to have to put you on the payroll. You've been there so much. I'm sorry. Didn't well, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so the same question came up uh, from a client that you asked me in our interview. And that was, what was it like the first day that you came into the business and you were not in the office and not part of production? So that day at lunch here at ATI, uh, it really kind of hit me. And I've thought a lot about it. And so that Wait morning. A client came to you in class and asked you what that first day was like when you had to walk upstairs to your office, <clears throat> not being the guy at the counter, not being the guy turning the wrenches. This was your first day as, as, in your official role as the <clears throat> CEO. And he was asking you how that felt. Is that yes, right? absolutely, yes. Wow. <clears throat> so yes. what did you say to that? What, so I, I told him the honest truth, and that was that I, uh, instead of making the left turn to go toward the office and be part of production that day, I made a right turn and went up the steps and went into my office, which is on the second floor. And I sat there, and I looked at the walls for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> they hadn't changed much, had they? I, <laughs> Although it's probably been a long time since you've been in that office. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I turned on the monitors, and I was watching everyone in the cameras. And thinking, uh, okay, so everything's running pretty smooth. Um, so what do I do? So then it hit me that being part of production every day 
automatically captures you in the agenda of the day. So when you become you're a CEO of your business and you're sitting up on the helm of the ship and you're now in a position to drive the ship and not be a part of everyday tasks and production, you have to make your own agenda. You know, you have to create what it is that you're going to do every day. Um, and that, I would say to people that are, are wanting to be at that position, um, you know, maybe start making notes of what it is that one day when you get to that position that you have the time to start fulfilling those ideas that you've had all these years because, you know, I sat there and I thought, you know, wow, I, I know I got a lot of things to do, <clears throat> but I didn't have an agenda. I didn't have anything written down. I didn't have, I didn't have a course. I didn't have any direction. So at that point, I guess, uh, you know, I, I, I turned to my coach, you know, who grabbed me and, and pretty much steered me in the direction that I needed to go. And we started to work on the things that we needed to work on. And um, but it, that that very first day was really, really weird because, you know, you how do you prepare for that day? I guess that's a question. You know, that's a really, really, really good question. It's funny after listening to you say that, I'm starting to think to myself, maybe I failed you as your coach because oh, no. I probably should have had you better prepared. <laughs> well, you know, when do you know that that's going to happen? You know, you 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 work toward that happening for many many years. You know, um, you know the formula. Um, you know, is to to find and hire the right staff um, so that you can put yourself in that position one day, but there's no, for me, there was no agenda that first day. So we created the agenda and now there's not been that problem since. We have, you know, uh, a very full agenda, but the very first day um, did not have an agenda. And that was, that was weird because you're sitting there and you're looking at the four walls and, and I found myself actually wanting to go down and be part of production because they would tell me what to do. Right. You know? Right. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. It's, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, and I'm, I'm not a young guy anymore, but I can remember, you know, I've been with ATI a long time, but I can remember years ago when maybe I was in high school and, you know, maybe before I even went to work for the family business and mm -hmm. I, I had several different, you know, odd type jobs that I took on. Anytime I took on something new, whether it was waiting tables, whether it was a bank teller, uh, any of the stuff that I did when I was young, day one is always nervous. Day one is always difficult. It's always, it's exciting, but it's also, well, why am I just sitting here? How come, right. well, you know, he's not giving me anything to do. Or what am I supposed to do? <clears throat> there's a lot of waiting and there's a lot, of, that I think is normal. <clears throat> I think what you're describing here is just a normal thing to happen. The difference is, you don't have a boss who you can rely on who's going to come to you and say, okay, here's what I want you to do next. Or someone to ask and say, what do I do next? Maybe your coach. But beyond that, there really is no one sitting next to you or no one in your building who's going to hold your hand and say, well, this is what you're supposed to be doing. you got to figure that out on your own. That's the hardest part. But the uncertainty <coughs> and the nervousness, I think that's normal. Jeff, you're absolutely right. Think about this. I was on my first day of the job of CEO. The only difference from being on the job for the first day, as you said, you have a boss that's 
telling you what you're going to do, and they have an agenda for you. I was on my first day on the job as CEO of Precision Auto without an agenda. So uh, I sat there and <laughs> really wanted to go back downstairs because then I would know what to do because I just fell into the agenda of production, which I'd done for 35 years, and that was easy. Nobody, I, you know, it just flowed. It just happened. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but for the first time, I had the opportunity to start to do all the things that I've always wanted to do. And, you know, you, you, it's a shock because you realize, wow, you know, now I now have that ability. So how do I do it? You know, how do I get started? You know, what's interesting is that one of the things that I picked up on in listening to the podcast that we did previous to this <clears throat> is that you made a lot of mention about, well, you know, timing was right and this all fell together and that all worked you know, well, or this was a smooth transition. There was a lot of things that you'd said that led me to believe that maybe there was a certain amount of luck uh, into your transition. And I'm sure a lot of people listening picked up on that as well. You know, in listening to you now, you know what I think? I don't think it was luck. No. I, I think that luck is a part of it, but I think that luck tends to favor those that are prepared, meaning that Everything leading up to that CEO role, everything that you did, whether it was looking for someone, hiring someone, moving from being the mechanic to the service writer, and all the transitions that happened, you were prepared. You saw three, four, five, six steps down the road. You had mm -hmm. something in mind that you wanted to do. You had a way of getting there. It may not have always worked, but you worked through those challenges. You were prepared. Luck tends to favor those that are prepared. And I think you got into that role saying, well, this happened or that happened, but I think it's because of the things that you did that allowed those things to happen for you. Does that make sense? It does. Um, and that's a compliment and I appreciate that. So we, up until that time, we had a task. We constantly had a task in order to move forward um, to achieve that goal. But when I became, when I got there, and I walked in and sat down in the office that day, I, I did not have a task, you know what I mean? I, I had not prepared myself for, hey, you know, you're the CEO of the business now, what are you gonna do, mm -hmm. you know? What's the, uh, what's the agenda for the first day? <clears throat> so we had no luck anymore, Yeah, we weren't prepared. Right, <laughs> so I, I, I think I remember calling down at like 9.30 and, and asking Andy, so uh, what are we gonna do for lunch today? <laughs> Nice early lunch. <laughs> <clears throat> Andy's always willing to talk about food. But, you know, that was, that's just an example of I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, geez, you know, what, what, what do I do? You know, I got, all, I got this whole day, you know, and it's like a shock because usually the, the business just consumes you in, in the production of the day. And you turn around and you look at the clock and it's noon yep. and you just got there. And then you turn around again and you look at the clock and it's four o'clock. You've only got an hour and a half before it's closing time. And now the clock's barely moving. Now the clock doesn't hardly move. What do I do? <laughs> you know, and you think to yourself, well, it'd be really easy probably to get sucked back into the day-to-day -day, or just say, you know what? They don't need me right now. I'm out of here. And you go do something else. And the reality is, is that your business is still at that moment starving for what it needs most, which is that leader to take over. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Leaving that day was the furthest from my mind. 
I, I had no intentions, I had no desire to leave because I could have left. I could have just said, hey, you know what? My first day as CEO here, I'm just going to take the whole day off. But I didn't. Uh, I guess you'd say that I, I really enjoyed the moment. Um, you know, I, I started then, my mind started to run, you know, crazy with what do I do first? You know, what? Um, and, you know, then, you know, I, I looked to you, um, my coach, for the guidance that, that I needed at that point to, all right, what's, what's most important? What do we need to work on first? You know, we've talked about a lot of things that we need to work on with the business and when we had the time that we wanted to do it. So, so what do we do? You know what I mean? What, where do we go first? So I guess advice that I would give to someone um, that is um, moving right along uh, to obtain that goal would be to, you know, start writing some things down um, that you want to get started on right away. Um, so at, at your first day of CEO, you've got more of an agenda than I did. Um, you know, like I said, now my agenda is full daily. My wife and I look at each other and, and think, how in the world did we raise two, two boys and, um, and we get as much done now with the business as we did before? Don't get me wrong. We, we take our time off, and that was part of the goal that I had when I signed up with ATI. Um, last week we took – last year, rather, we took 12 weeks off. So um, – not too bad. Man, I'm doing something wrong. I don't, <laughs> I don't get 12 weeks off. <laughs> so, and that's nice, you know, to know that when you leave, um, you have people there um, that are looking out for your, your best interest, uh, just like you were there, and they're running the business just as you would be um, if you were there. And that has, that all gets back to um, training, um, the culture, the the people that you've put in those positions um, to make that happen, I guess. So, in again, in listening to you, I, I, I can't help but think to myself that when you had the chance to work on your business, you didn't ignore that. You took it. And it might have been hard, and it might have been confusing, it might have been uncomfortable, but you took it anyway. And I wonder how many people, they really look at the moments within their day, their week, their year, whatever, where they've really had the chance to do some of the things they need to do. Did they really take it? You know, Jeff, you're right. <clears throat> you have to have the desire to listen to your coach. Your coach can talk to you all day long, but if your sponge is all dried up, it's not going to happen. So, wow, that's a, that's a different aspect of this. So after 35 years, my sponge got wet again. How cool is that? That's awesome. And you've always taught me about, you, gotta, you know, when you hire a new, a new hire, that you have a certain amount of time that their sponge is wet and you, they've got to absorb as much information as they possibly can while that sponge is, is good and wet and moist. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> So if you go into this new role because you have to, or you go into this new role because you're excited about it and you have that desire, just like that new hire, your brain is that wet sponge. You're right. If you go into it with that dry sponge, as you just mentioned, then you're not going to succeed. No. You're, you're going to go find yourself back in the bays, or you're going to find yourself you know, doing things you shouldn't be doing and still ignoring those CEO responsibilities, and your business is still going to do whatever it's going to do without you. 
and it's never going to really grow to the level you want. You're absolutely right. Or, you know, uh, you sit up there every day and until the time that you have a tee off or whatever and you go play golf every day or you go, you know, whatever your hobbies are. Go shooting guns. Yeah, you know. Go so to the races <coughs> or whatever. Yep. <clears throat> whatever those those hobbies are, are things that you enjoy doing take over your life, but you... And not that you don't deserve to do those, but there has to be a balance. If you're going to continue to move your business forward, which was my desire, there has to be a balance in the time that you take off as, as well as, you know, the focus that you have on the business and keeping your own sponge wet because you have to be able to listen to what your coach, your coach has your, your, your best interest at heart. So you have to have that wet sponge in order to absorb what it is that he's telling you and make it happen. So that's interesting that here, here, you know, we talk about the wet sponge when, when we hire somebody, but now, you know, as becoming my first day as CEO of the business, I need my own wet sponge. Well, you know, Bud, to kind of wrap this up and give them a, a, a I don't know, a, a list to take away here, you know, I think we've kind of come up with together uh, four steps to making this transition happen, and I, and I know we have it written down, so it's okay if we tell them you're going to read it. Go ahead, go ahead and read. Those four <laughs> steps. <clears throat> okay, so find and hire the right staff, and make yourself irrelevant to the day-to-day operations. So step one is to put yourself in a position to be able to be the CEO by finding that person who's going to do the job that you currently do. Right? Absolutely, okay. absolutely crucial. Embrace the CEO responsibilities and become the leader your business desperately needs you to become. Somebody's got to run it, right? Absolutely. And up to this point, it's likely nobody is. We're just coming in every day, getting through our day, and hoping we made money. That's got to change. So step two is embracing that responsibility, no matter how difficult it might be, and go into it, as you just said, with a wet sponge. I love that. I hadn't even thought of that. That's great. So number three, listen to your coach. He has your best interest at heart, even if you can't see that. You know, I've always seen that in you, and I know you've always had my back. Um, And I think that probably some people that have coaches that don't listen to their coaches with that wet sponge don't allow those things that the coach is telling them to become a reality. Mm. Once they become a reality and you start to see change, you start to see numbers, you start to see profit, uh, that's just an assurance that your coach has always had your back. You know what I mean? He's got you. So you and I have had a, a wonderful relationship in that way and that, um, you know, I've always tried to listen to you um, you know, throughout our coaching, and even more so now that I'm the CEO with a wet sponge. I don't know about that image. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah, very no, kind of that does say. sound kind of weird, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what do they do? Play all day with wet sponges? I don't know. <laughs> what, what are those people? <laughs> and number four, what do we got for number four? Luck favors the prepared. Yeah, I think we beat that one up already. I think that's very true. You know, a lot of times we look at people and say, boy, that, they're just really lucky. They're not lucky. 
They, they, luck finds them because they do things to be in a position to find luck. They, they don't wait for it to happen to them. They make things happen. That's the difference. So real simple, find and hire the right staff, get yourself out of that business, embrace the CEO responsibilities. When you find the chance and you take it, listen to your coach. He has your best interest at heart, even if he can't see that. And certainly focus on being prepared because if you want luck, that's the best way to find it. I agree. But I think this was an incredible first podcast, and I hope the people listening got as much out of it as you and I did. If not, well, it was good for us. You have been listening to Driving Change from ATI. If you liked what you've heard today and feel you have something compelling to share with your fellow shop owners, we're waiting to hear from you. You can contact me, Jeff Berman, through this podcast by clicking on the podcast link. Let me know what it is that you can't wait to share and how I can reach you. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you're notified when the next podcast is available. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.